Blog Talk Radio. Again, I welcome you back to Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio Show. It's really a pleasure to have you with us again another Sunday evening. I'm very grateful, and I thank you all. Uh, as I do at the beginning of each show, I, I give praise and give homage to the One Most High, to our ancestors, to my beloved um, mother, dear mother-in-law, uh, and my dear wife, and all of my siblings, my daughter, and those of you who have been friends with me throughout my life, and especially those of you also who have become friends via the uh, cyber world. And uh, again, I thank you for sharing your evening with us. Uh, This evening is another exciting um, show, reviewing uh, a person, uh, an author, who has been on House Show, uh, this is going back in 2011, of um, October 10th. Uh, Those of you uh, who missed that show, you can always go back to the archives uh, for Dr. Maladomi Patrice Somme. Uh, We had the honor of having him as a guest at our home and interviewing him uh, on our show and just developing a relationship and and gaining more understanding of the indigenous indigenous people of the world, specifically of his community in uh, Bukuna Fasa, um, the Dagara uh, tribe, uh, the Dagara brothers and sisters. Uh, so it's really exciting for me to have the opportunity to share with you that experience once again. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, from time to time I will be uh, uh, reviewing books written by such uh, people from uh, who come from such a high spiritual uh, uh, development and of awareness, and who really exude unconditional love for humanity. I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the fact that my my wife just walked into the studio and and has joined us. Hi, hon. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic and better now that you're with us and and sharing your energy with us. Well, I always enjoy being on your show. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That's good to know that, and I always felt that as well. And uh, as you heard me mentioning earlier that we were discussing uh, the book, uh, books actually written by um, uh, Brother Maladoma, uh, The Healing Wisdom of Africa and uh, and of, of Water, and the spirit. Uh, so, indeed, uh, to this year, 2013, um, was and it still is. We have a few days remaining, a few weeks, a nature year in the Dagara cosmology, and we hope that this year brought the transformation, the, the magical uh, change that was needed on your path in terms of your journey, 
and we also pray and, be, and wish that your connection with nature was strengthened and that your relationship with the natural world deepened. And, uh, of course, may nature always provide the landscape for healing and restoration in your lives. Uh, the nature of the Dagara shaman, uh, shaman rather, is something that I'd like to discuss with you. Uh, it's actually following is an excerpt, excerpt uh, of an edited dialogue between Maladoma when he was a youngster and a local shaman in his village about the role that nature plays in the lives of human beings. Uh, consequently, this conversation was recorded some while ago, a very long time ago, after the time that uh, Maladoma completed his youth initiation. So it, it starts, without any further ado, with the shaman making a statement that, uh, to Maladoma that we have three types of medicine given to us by nature. The first two are plant-based, and the last one is handed over by genies, overworldly beings that befriend and teach the Dagara people especially during the time of, uh, of initiation. Uh, certain plants release their healing energies only after you do the ritual that makes them come alive and willing to cooperate. And also certain plants are more powerful than humans and animals. These plants choose to work with the shaman because the shaman tends to them. Otherwise, these plants would not respond to a call for help. They could not hear it if it wasn't because of the intervention of the shaman. And Maladoma states, um, you mean that these plants heal not just because someone knows their properties, but because someone is willing to be with them on their own terms? He asked the shaman. And the shaman responds by saying, yes, something like that. And then the shaman knows how to be with them. And if you don't invoke the plant spirit, you don't get the real thing. But not all plants are like that, he says. There are many that anybody can collect in the times of need and use well. However, there are other plants and other medicinal objects that do not exist here. So, they, so we have to get them from the other world. Yes, some plants are a gift of the other world. The talisman that I gave you, Maladoma, for your studies was given to me by a Kandavali in the other world. I do not really know what it takes to make something like this, but shamans know that inside a talisman like that is something very powerful. It is made by a non-human hand. You see, shamans whose special speciality, uh, specialty is working with the spirits of plants are the real scientists of indigenous culture. They understand life in terms of magnetism that can be manipulated and influenced for the good of uh, are for ill. Perception plays an important part in the shaman's relationship with plants and trees, whereby interaction alters the parties as they appear to one another so that one sees what one sees is not really as it appears. And consequently, the consciousness of the plants, the trees, and the grass is far more advanced than human or animal consciousness. For instance, the trees know what we feel. They see our thoughts understand our innermost intentions and react to our actions. And furthermore, trees move invisibly from one place to another, camouflaging their motion behind a convincing stillness. And their roots are like the roots of human beings. Like them, we grow both the top, I'm sorry, we grow both the bottom and the top 
drilling into the earth for stability while reaching out to the heavens for light, and therefore our sense of home cannot be complete unless our lives are successfully uh, modeled after trees. So we find in nature everything that we need to behold, but the gap between us and nature is growing bigger instead of smaller. We humans should not alter anything in nature because we run the risk of losing life-giving information hidden in it, and as a consequence, illness is a distance from the model of health offered by nature, and any stuckness in our lives is due to a, a piece of nature having falling off from the inner structure of, our, of their existence. No one can survive without nature, and most of us have been visibly conditioned to see the world within a limited spectrum, and for each person this is a, the spectrum in which every object most, must fit. The wider the visual horizon of a person, the closer he or she is to seeing things as they are. And after all, reality is malleable, man manufacturable, and therefore transferable. In other words, we all see the same tree because we are bound by an agreement. But those who break the agreement are able to see more closely into the core of being. For example, indigenous magicians are people who are bound by consensus perception, hence their ability to see all living things. For instance, do you remember the eggs that I brought you from the cave, uh, the shaman asked Maladoma? You called them stones because you were, because it was coming from a two-eyed way of seeing. This seeing is narrow. It uses the dark side of the, R, of the eye, and not everything can fit into it. Keeping your two eyes open will show you only what two eyes can see. And to see through, you need more. You need to make, more, you make use of the white side of your eye. If you want to see magic, you must uh, train the white of your eyes to see, point the dark side away from what you want to see, and let the rest unfold. And if you are naturally tuned, you will notice something different. It will shock you at first, but after practice, you will learn to switch back and forth. So every tree and, and every tree and every living thing spreads from inside out into something like an atmosphere around the center. And some limit things like the baobab tree, the, the silhouette of which you can see over there, are bigger than others. But even the baobab is not the most energy-generating plant in nature. At the highest are the landscapes such as hills, mountains, canyons, and the area on both sides of the big river of where two or more waterways meet. Pay attention to this, and you will honor nature. And if you can live in a place from which you can see far and wide, something good will happen to you. I go to the mountain to breathe and some of that. Uh, so I just want to pause for, for a moment when Maladoma responds to the shaman. And this mentioned to my wife that uh, I enjoy so much what she and I as we go to the local park in our community and we take in nature as we run and walk. Isn't this something that I'm just reading now that really reverberates in terms of why we feel so good whenever we go to the park? Well, we're instinctively drawn to it. Mm -hmm. We're instinctively drawn to it, and I believe that you're, you're clarifying the reason that we are instinctively drawn to it. Mm -hmm. So now, on an everyday level, 
we can see what's happening when we go to the park every week. The trees are transferring that energy to us. It's actually a very spiritual and healing thing that we do when we yes. go to the park. Yes. But now you're, you're, you're labeling it or you're defining what's happening to something that we were just instinctively, instinctively feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that says a lot. I mean, those of us who live in the inner city where we don't come in contact with trees, we're missing so much. And yeah. that perhaps can explain why we have a certain level of dysfunction and disconnection. Oh, that most definitely explains it. If you don't, if you don't um, periodically immerse yourself in nature, whether it's going to the beach or going to a park, you know, because mm-hmm. many people, as you know, do not live in a proximity of, of the beach, so they might not be able to do that, but at least go where there, where there are trees. Um, if you live in a region of the world where, you know, such as, such as Alaska, even the ice and the snow, mm. those are cleansing and healing. I remember years ago my mom used to tell me that, you know, people complain about the snow, but the snow cleanses us. Mm. Mm-hmm. It cleanses us and it cleanses the air. It cleanses the air so and it cleanses our our vibration. Mm-hmm. Similar to the rain, you just have to get out in nature in whatever form it may take for you, you know, based on where you live, just get out in nature mm-hmm. and partake in nature and allow nature to heal you. Ah, I'm so happy you said that. Yes, so there's a lot to say about those of us who don't have the uh, good fortune to live in a, an area of the earth where there's nature and preponderance in terms of, uh, in abundance rather, uh, with trees and grass and, and shrubbery and, and just, you know, anything that's connected to nature, it just does wonders for us to be in that environment. We're really blessed. And then if you're not in that environment, and such as living in a big city such as New York City, one should uh, definitely make a concerted effort to go to the parks, to go to wherever there's uh, greenery and trees and so forth, so you can become revitalized, so that you can connect and reconnect. Um, there's something that's happening as of today here in New York City. It was 60 degrees plus. So the earth is responding in so many ways in terms of how um, uh, we as humans have treated Mother Earth. And um, indeed, we always have this relationship and we have the capacity to uh, correct whatever was incorrectly done uh, to the earth in terms of the healing, as well as us healing ourselves individually and collectively because we're all interdependent interdependent upon one another. Um, let me just get back to the conversation that Maladoma and the shaman were having uh, when he uh, was initiated. Maladoma states that to the shaman, he says, I remember the day that we were at the cave. We sat halfway up the mountain and you asked if I felt something. You wanted me to feel what was coming out from inside the mountains. And the shaman responds, yes, panoramic views expand the psyche and turn the beneficiary into a magnet a magnet that can attract and store subtle powers, he goes on to say. And then he says, nature is about to change. It will need the fire of the earth to do so. So as you can see, nothing can exist by itself. Everything, as I was mentioning earlier, 
everything depends on everything else for its survival. And when the fire of life hits the seeds in the ground, they will have to come out transformed into plants. So bow to the magic when you see it. And so that says a lot about that, uh, that dialogue, that interchange between Maladoma Somme and the shaman. Um, nature is something that's very important within the indigenous people. And uh, I look, and I'm looking forward for the next couple of shows to actually have a discussion and dialogue about this on a continuing basis. In the book titled The Healing Wisdom of Africa and the uh, chapter titled Understanding Ritual slash Nature, Maladoma goes on to state that the element of nature signifies the principle of change. It is transformation, mutation, adjustment, flexibility, cyclicality, life, death, and magic. Nature is vegetative. Therefore, it is all plants and landscapes, and it is all animals as well. In the cosmological wheel, nature is situated in the east, opposite mineral and its color is green. Nature invites us to change consciously and to welcome change. Just as mineral stores information for our benefit, nature's complex paradigm is a library to those who pay attention. The magic we crave and our attention to the supernatural are nature and, the, and their presence. And this is because the tree, the plant, the landscape, and the serpentine, serpentine river zigzagging downhill on its way to the ocean are all golden hieroglyphs capable of bringing a deep understanding to those willing to pay attention. Indeed, to the indigenous, it seems that the tree is the essence of consciousness. So he goes on to say that landscapes and physical geography to indigenous people are a, lands, a language, a, a writing that can be read. Elevated areas function very much like antennae, antennae, relaying or downloading information from faraway places from the outer world to the inner world. Waterways take this information down to the underworld and carry messages to the underworld. Barren and, and flat landscapes emit a fast-moving energy that is dangerous to isolated individuals. And the Dagara seek a desert as a place where faraway beings meet day and night. During the day, they are not busy, and the light hides them. But at night, they are active and much more visible. Since one can get caught in their world, and never find one's way back. Only medicine men and women venture into wide open spaces at night. And in heavenly forested areas, the moisture of nature and the trees protects and chills human beings from the outer world. But in, at the same time, the behind and because the tall trees are engaged in some mysterious activities, especially at night, normal people should not be exposed to them, for they emit an energy that could affect their psyches as well as their bodies. This leaves the ideal living place for the Dagara as a savanna with its sparse trees and tall grass because such a place is sandwiched between two highly charged geographies. It is a refuge for human beings. So it says a lot in terms of us uh, having this urge to want to go on vacation and travel 
to faraway places, to lands which have a lot of vegetation, uh, to go back to, to Mother Earth, to go back to nature. So I hope that for what I've shared with you has given some insight. I know it's, it really invoked a certain amount of excitement with myself and my wife in terms of the importance of connecting with nature. You know, most of us can condition to think, oh, well, nature is just the afterthought, <laughs> you know, as you're running down the road and looking at the scenery and whatnot, not recognizing that there's a relationship that's very, very magical and very unique that one experiences, especially if you're in a state of sobriety, especially if you're eating the, the foods that are cleansing, not only this nourishing nourishment, but also have a cleansing effect and purging the negative energy that, that you may have within yourself. And, of course, it doesn't hurt. As a matter of fact, it behooves one to be as much as possible in a state of reverence and, and, and prayer, and if not prayer, to meditate, to really have your mind fixed on your higher self, higher awareness. And that's regardless, you know, of your religious orientation and your spiritual journey that you may be embarking on. That if you are constant and incorporate on a consistent basis these practices, that you will become more and more and more in tune with what I just shared with you uh, earlier this evening in terms of the conversation that Maladoma and the shaman had with one another. So, as I mentioned, we are going to continue with this. Uh, we have a few minutes remaining, about eight minutes or so remaining. So I'd like to just delve a little bit more into what Maladoma shares regarding uh, this uh, dynamic aspect of nature. He goes on to state that every life form is touched by this galactic communication system located in the, ge in the geography. That is why, unlike in the West, where nature and magic often are often opposed, the indigenous see the two as inseparable. The nature person is seen as a person with great power to adjust, to change, shape, and shift. He or she is a witch, a musician, or a healer, and I've often wondered if the Puritans did not destroy witches because of their fear of the great power of nature within them. Western history is full of persecution of, of the natural and of nature. Today, even if witches are no longer burned alive, it remains the nature that nature itself is being destroyed. Every time a tree is felled or cut down, another witch is terminated. Every time a place is cleared by a developer, a magical gift from the earth is crushed. Progress seems to point to nature as its main enemy, justified by economics. It acts in disgust towards nature, and if nature was standing as if nature was standing in its way. Nature people challenge us to be real, to be ourselves. They challenge us to drop the mask that the world expresses expects us to wear, and they challenge us to see what is around us as it truly is, and that challenge comes in the form of humor, play, and joy, which has tremendous subversive power. Nature people trick us through humor and jokes into being real. A nature person is like a child who loves to play and sees life as a challenging play. 
And in such a person, pretense is hard to come by. The power of nature is not just in its magical abilities, but also in the kind of change it pushes us to make. For this reason, a culture dominated by nature will be extremely sensitive to the cycles of life. Its spirituality will be dominated by seasonal rituals to keep time with the changing rhythm of nature. The mythology of stories of such a culture would be crowded with trees and animals that speak, with beings that live underneath the waterways and inside mountains and hills. The people will tend to see living spirits behind birds, trees, and other animals, and will have complicated protocols for interacting with them. In the indigenous world, this is so true that an outsider might wonder how people manage to live with this consciousness. The shadow side of nature is black magic, the kind that is believed to harm other people. And this is why even though a witch is not a black magician, he or she is feared because of knowledge of how magic works. And it is my sense that in incorporating any of these five elements poses a challenge to modernity. Then the challenge posed by nature is the most difficult of all. He goes on to say that indigenous people think that to be modern requires a move away from nature. They can't see how nature can be combined with modernity for modern technology sets itself up in opposition to nature. But indigenous people also know that nature does not make compromises. It does not flinch when confronted because its own destruction means our destruction. And for this reason, indigenous people embrace the wisdom of the living close to nature and respecting its wishes. And he goes on to talk about the five elements of community. And those five elements we will discuss, but uh, I'll just touch upon them just before we end. And he said he's been using the names such as water people, fire people, earth people, mineral people, and nature people. And indeed, these five elements are also definable by clan. People are born into one or another of these clans, much like being born under certain astrological signs. And it is the time of your birth that stamps the element it carries on you, and the decision to, of when to be born and therefore which element is to embody is considered by indigenous people to be prenatal and sealed by the individual. I myself, I'm having uh, the pleasure and blessings of having a birthday uh, this coming Wednesday, December 28th, and I'm under the astrological influence of Capricorn, which is an earth sign. And uh, I'm looking forward to delving more into, into how this relates astrologically into, cos into the cosmic cosmetology that uh, Maodoma talks about in his book of uh, The Healing Wisdom of Africa and how that impacts upon me personally. And, of course, I will share with you, the listening audience, in terms of my findings. And I'm going to suggest that we all endeavor to see how our birthday and the year that we were born and the astrological influences has a correlation and, and cosmetology that uh, Maladoma talks about. I encourage you also with the coming uh, week of Kwanzaa, of, 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 of Christmas, and other holidays that are being set up, celebrated in this time of the year, 
um, and, and New Year's and so forth, that we all think of each other as one family and that we pray for each other and, and recognize that we're all interconnected and uh, interdependable upon one another. And I do encourage that you visit my website, Drums of Change. Again, that's www.drumsofchange.com. And on my site, uh, you can purchase the books that I'm reviewing, especially the one that we reviewed this evening, The Healing Wisdom of Africa, and other books written by Dr. Maladome Some. And, of course, uh, I sell uh, drums from my site, which you can purchase at very reasonable prices, even starting from uh, as low as $29 per drum, which some of them with shipping included. So, again, I, I encourage you to, to uh, visit the site, and also I invite you to come back next week. And please um, spread the word. Share uh, the show with your uh, friends and, and social family and circle so that, indeed, we can continue this dialogue. So once again, I thank you for visiting, and I, I bid you farewell. And as always, I give thanks and homage to the One Most High, uh, to our ancestors, to uh, the, the spirits uh, and those the people of the indigenous community which have inspired me to grow. And this gave me so much, has continued to give me so much knowledge to myself and my wife, my family. And I, I give thanks to my, my dear mother-in-law, um, my mother, my, my dear wife, my, my daughter, my siblings, friends and community, and those of you, of course, throughout the world who have connected with me as friends uh, in cyber world. I thank you so much. Peace, love, and, and, and happiness to all of you. Shalom, assalamu alaikum, all my relations. And uh, until we meet again next week, have a blessed evening and a blessed and joyous, prosperous uh, next week and holiday season.